So this episode was partially true confessions. Welcome to another episode of Colin Confidential. This is Ed Sheehan. Um, we're talking tonight about intoxication in the workplace. Um, Specifically weed, well, since it's a hot topic. Drugs, weed, marijuana, we called it in my day, and alcohol. Whatever you do on your own time when you work, I don't care, as long as you show up for work sober. But if you're doing it on my time in front of my customers, I know HR would have something to say with this, but 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 I ha- I would have like a rehab program in place. They would, would actually over, like that. You would bend over and I would shove my boot up your ass as I kicked you out the door. Yeah, that Who the f- are you to jeopardize my customers? They might not like your rehab program. I don't give a shit. That's what should be done. I, I was almost about to be like, holy shit, he wants a rehab program. <laughs> wow. I was going to, I might have danced the fucking jig up here. I agree with your sentiment uh, as far as on my time, everyone should be sober. And that's what makes weed such an interesting topic because of the current testing mechanisms or tools, right? Weed stays in your system for something like 30 days. I'm, I don't even know exactly. Yeah, and the Blasio smokes every night. That's why he's so f***ed up. Allegedly. But either way, if you drink alcohol on your time off and get into an accident after you've slept and whatever, alcohol, it's pretty much out of your blood in 24 hours. Drink up. And... Um, weed is not, even though you might have smoked, went to sleep, and you're perfectly sober when you get into that accident, it's still going to pop and you're still going to lose your job. And with weed being legal in so many states now and probably eventually throughout the country, not to mention I think almost every state has medical marijuana. Um, I don't know exactly how many New York does. But if you have a guy that's on medical marijuana, he gets in a car accident, you get him drug tested, he pops, and you fire him, with Ed Sheehan's favorite two letters, HR, and the litigious society we live in, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen for an employer. It's the same way you couldn't, if somebody's on prescription medication, there's got to be a way to test for it. And the weed test is 30 days. So anybody listening now, if you could come up with that drug test, that, that I mean, you could potentially be a multimillionaire or billionaire. So being that you're from, you know, you grew up in the 60s, you were a... Uh, an adult in the 60s, some might say. I know, but 18 is an adult. I mean, they were sending you all off to war. Being that you were definitely not a hippie, and hippies were the weed smokers, how do you really feel, like if you were running a business, how do you feel about an employee smoking weed? On his personal time, not while he's working. What you do on your personal time is your own business. I don't give a shit. I don't want to know about it. Just make sure when you come to work for me, you're all straight. I don't give a shit that your girlfriend threw you out. I don't give a shit you're having trouble with your wife. I don't give a shit. You come to work for me, work. And if you're a good worker, I gave you great health care. There was bonuses. You were paid well. It's not like I'm a real total scumbag. I just expect something for my fucking money. Not that these people today, like the Blosio and all of these fucking liberal suckers, want you to pay. If you were were a worker, you got more fucking rights than the owner. Well, they don't have to worry. They're a goddamn lying politician. F*** it. This today sucks with this HR. All right. Tell us how you really In my opinion. Well, that's what this is about, opinions. But um, if if we suspected, if we suspected somebody was taking drugs, we had this woman 
that was a secretary in one of my other companies that I owned at the time. And she was a reformed uh, drug addict. And we just sit her down and talk to the people. And she could tell you right away within like less than a minute. They Very f- scientific. Up. It Tell worked. <laughs> well, well, we, we, need, to know, we yeah. need to hear some more about that. What was it about this woman? What did she sit down and talk to them about? How you been? How do you like the job? Blah, 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 stuff like that. She wasn't even working for Checkmate. She was working for another company that I own. And um, everybody she said was using was using. Hmm. I mean, it, to the point where... Um, while they were in there, if, we, if the guy left his car open, we'd get into the car. And we found Coke. We found pills that we don't know what the hell they were. But there were a lot of pills in the guy's car. I don't know if he was selling the shit while he was on the route. That was one instance. That, she pinned them all. She pinned them all. Wow. Well, did two you of ever well, do, two of them. Well, two of them. Did you ever do background checks or anything like that? Well, we... we no, we... We wanted references from people. Where would you work before... Stuff like that. And to be honest with you, a lot of my guys, I stole out of hospital. Excuse me. I offered them better jobs when they were working in a hospital. And I just didn't walk up and say, hey, you're working. I watched them as we were working in those hospitals. They were good workers. So you start talking to them. They're family people. I can match, the, I can match everything in the hospital, and I can give them a better salary. Now you got to prove to me that you're worth it. So, and a lot uh, got... Uh, People recommended their friends. Sometimes that turned, most of the time that turned out to be pretty good. Some of them uh, didn't turn out to be so good. But, you know, after a while, you become like a band leader. This guy's not good here, but he's going to be good somewhere else. He's real stupid, so we'll put him over here where stupid is not bad. He can't pass his tests to get get, uh, certified. We can't put him in hospitals or nursing homes, so he's got to go into uh, South Bronx and places like that and do apartment buildings. So you're sort of placing people where you think they'll do the most good or where they can succeed and do, or they could do the most good and cause you the least harm. Let me put it that way. You, you, you become a, you learn, you learn a few things in pest control besides pest control. Number one is collections and the other one is you become a half-assed psychiatrist. So if you knew Let's say you had a, you you were running a business today, mm-hmm. and you knew this guy was a drunk, yeah. or alcohol. I wouldn't even say alcoholic. This guy was a heavy drinker and drank often. You know he was a big boozer. Yeah. And that other guy was a big pothead. Yeah. Who would you hire and why? There'd have to be more to it than just one guy's a pothead and one guy's a drunk. But if you had to pick just between those two factors, wanna, would you pick? That, that's it. Not, well, no choice. I couldn't make an honest assessment. I want to. I'm know, not. A, I'm just. Which, I want to know. I want to know. I, I I I might hire both of them and see which one is the better worker. Who's got a better personality? Who knows how to handle people better? Who knows the city of New York better? Has he been in sales before? I mean, there's a lot. You know. If, I understand if you ask what me to you're make saying. the decision on a heavy drink on a pot smoker, I go look for a guy that didn't do either, which is impossible to find in my experience. So I would never hire anybody on just those two things. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to, so 
two so if you two put guys that my are, head, two I, guys are identical. Pro- probably okay. I would hire a drinker because I'm familiar with drinking, <laughs> and I feel that I could I could encourage this man and maybe have a good time with him on our time off. But I would also know signs to look for. So I'm actually on the other tip of. And it, I agree with you that there's other factors to it, but if this, if all factors were identical, and then you, it was weed or alcohol, I would pick the person that smoked weed or pot or marijuana, whatever anybody uses for a reefer. Why? I, I would pick them because, in my experience, potheads are super mellow and not easily agitated or annoyed and just like yeah man you know and i just feel like i prefer that to what i've seen wild drinkers get what do you do with a guy that's a weed smoker and a drinker you fire him (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know at that point you're like you're shit i would make him vice president in charge of employee relations and leisure time activities yeah I mean, this is a very serious conversation because this is definitely um, we, you know, we use HR consultants. We speak to them all the time. And I spoke to her probably over a year ago, maybe even longer, but right around maybe a year or so after Colorado legalized weed for recreation. And we were just talking about it jokingly. And she was like, she's like, guys, are having trouble hiring. Not n- never mind keeping people. Nobody could pass the drug test. When they were hot, when they were going for the for the job, they were all failing, and it's still in the handbooks. And she was saying, from an HR standpoint, that it's still a sound decision to not hire someone who can't pass a drug test, whether it just How be for legally? weed or not. What about legally? Sound well, decision. Well, right now, sound decision is a good shoe up their ass. That's a very sound decision, but legally, it's not allowed. Right now, from what I recall, and this was a long time ago conversation, that it was still legal. Um, and until, until, and, and she's the one that I had the conversation with about the testing, because if you test positive, it doesn't necessarily mean that you were high at the time. Whereas the, the blood alcohol content can tell you if the person was still intoxicated at the time. And, and we joked about the, what's going to change that is a major lawsuit with the, the plaintiff wins. It might, you know, well, that's going to be harder with the Supreme court coming in now. Um, I think that somebody, some pharmaceutical company is going to come up with a test that can say, yeah, they still got pot in their system, but it's two to three weeks old. They haven't done anything. Well, levels, the same as alcohol. Like, there's a level. Yeah, okay. So, you know, so, like, they so have those. come up with that. Yeah. And when that happens, hopefully. It's a new deal. Figure out a way to make money, and they'll do it. What about other hardcore addictive drugs? Do you think that is also like... In my experience, you start on that hard shit, you're f***ed. Because I've worked for a not-profit that I want to mention their name. Um, And um, they'd all come back, oh, yeah, he's cured, he's cured. Um, The first time you go in to be rehabbed, what I've read is you got a 17% chance of succeeding. You got to go back the next time, it's 8%. If you go a third time, it's 3%. Now, I ran a business for this organization. I learned quickly, don't hire the drunks, the alcoholics, because one or two paychecks, and they were, they were drunk again. And the, the um, drug abusers, 
the best of them lasted maybe six months. What happens, and I, I kind of understand it, but I don't condone it. You're in this program for a year, 14 months, whatever. You're a nice boy. They give you a place to live. They give you a job. They feed you. You get counseling. And then one day, you're on your own. And you, you got a job, and you're bored when you're not working. And what do you do when you're bored? Go back to your old habits again. So it's a temporary cure at, at, at best. Uh, some of them, thank God, made it long term, and that's, I'm very happy about that. And it was amazing how many drug dealers I met that were smart enough to sell the drugs and make money, but they never used the drugs. They were good employees. Uh, so is that, are you condoning hiring ex-felons, specific drug dealers, if they had the entrepreneurial spirit? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that I would hire a two-headed boy from the circus if I thought he was a good worker and he showed up every day and he wasn't going to screw with my customers and he was going to treat them the way they, the way he wanted to be treated. And uh, he, he realized what the word service meant. Oh, uh, yeah. Then Could I you imagine what a great advertising tool that would be, the two-headed boy from the circus in a, in a colony? Where can we long? get him? Where can we get him? That son of a bitch, he's, he's probably down in Florida with the rest of the freaks. They hang out down here in Two hats. <laughs> let you know what? If we can't get him, let's get the let's get the bearded lady. Oh wow. No good? So any experience dealing with somebody intoxicated? Either one of you ever had an employee who Yes, unfortunately. Uh it was uh we should've we should have caught him. So uh, but you know it's fun. It's just funny how everything comes together and is in the favor of the drunk or the uh, the addict. <clears throat> One customer that just did not like myself or my operations manager because he thought he knew more about pest control than us. He had previously made things up about this this um, employee that we knew positively one hundred percent were false and not true. And then one time. Um, the technician called us and tells us, I, I just left. I wanted to let you know. He told me to do something, and I he told me not to do something. He told him not to write a report up, stop sending those reports. And he said, hey, I have to send those reports. That's part of my job. If you want me not to send them, you really got to talk to the office. So he called us, and then 10 minutes later, the, the customer called us. He wasn't really the customer. He was the manager of the building, but still the customer. And he was like, you guys drunk and blah, blah, blah. So what did we do? We didn't believe him, but because we needed to CYA, we sent a supervisor up there. The supervisor took him to a local, you know, we figured out a local place for drug testing, and we did a breathalyzer um, and a blood alcohol content, and he passed. But our supervisor said he did smell like he was drinking the night before. After passing the blood alcohol content, and the breathalyzer, what do you do as an owner? You got, I mean, you got to take that. That's legit. Fast forward like six weeks, we get a phone call. XYZ was found on a job location convulsing and was, and it was due to a, a, a substance that there is no way to test for. So it's, it's the huffing where you huff like uh, whatever that stuff is, uh, compressed air and things like that. And um, he was caught convulsing, and he copped to it, and he said, you know, they found like three cans of his stuff in his pest control bag that he was carrying for us. 
and um, unfortunately, he, you know, he got on the phone. He was with the client. He said, Joe, I, I, I got a problem, and blah, blah, blah. We said, okay, immediately come to the office. We consulted our HR consultant, and they were like, you have to let him go. Um, to his credit, he, um, he, went, he, he went, he did a program, got clean, called us. Our HR person kind of advised against it. He was a good employee. But he was a good employee, and we we wanted him to be a supervisor. But the risk of taking him back after we knew what happened, and if it happened, we could have been considered negligent if, God forbid, he hurt somebody. It was just not a good good move for us. I did tell him if he went and got another job in the industry, he could use me as a reference, provided he told the owner the truth of what happened. And uh, to his credit, he did. The owner of that company called me and said, so what's with this kid? He said, you know everything about him, and you're still going to give him a reference. And I said, well, you know, what do you think I know? And he's like, oh, he told me that he was doing drugs on an account and got caught, and you guys had to fire him. And I said, I did, and if I could hire him again, I would, and if I were you, I would jump at the chance to hire him. And he's a supervisor at this guy's company now as my competitor. I'm not upset about it, but... Another reason where HR f- things up. Why do you say that? You think he should have rehired the guy? I should have, yes. I would have given the guy a chance. And if he f***ed up again, I would have... You would have hired him. the guy with the recidivism rate that you know about going from 17 to 8 to 3. This kid was... What an would ex- you have waited for him to hit the ground two more times? This, I know the guy. The guy was fantastic. He was a great worker. He was a good person. I would have watched him very carefully. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. From everything we've been talking about, this is somebody who did, you know... Jeopardized. on the On the job. Not... At the location. There's an exception to every rule. <laughs> and and obviously, I would have made the right decision because he's working for this other guy, what, two years? Uh, and he's a no, supervisor? Like five. Oh, excuse me. Five years. Would have been the right. I mean, some guys that are straight, I don't get a feel for them. There's something ain't right. They're not drunks. They're not... They just don't have the personality to be a, be an exterminator. But just just to get back to it, he's also leaving. He got he got a he got a degree in another profession and is leaving the guy. He also what profession? I well I don't want to give too much away because then everybody knows what happened. I'll tell you when it's over. You hear this <laughs> guy whisper. But he also he also did other negative things, uh, not on purpose while at the guy under the guy's employ. And the guy kept them. I mean, listen, this is a guy that you were like, you you want overtime. Yes. you. I mean, he said, yeah, he was he was a worker. Yes to money and was good at it. So that's why this other guy kept them. But the things that the things that he did would hurt the guy's business, hurt the guy's insurance rates and stuff like that. And they weren't his fault. It's just the, the luck of the draw, I guess. But he's also leaving, I think, at the end of the summer to go into the other profession. That just seems like a huge risk to rehire somebody who, I mean, I I get it. It's a huge risk. And the two things that happened being that they were insurance related, I do wonder if we would have been red flagged as we see you had fired him at one point and then you rehired him. What'd you fire him for? Oh, he was doing drugs and you put him in a company vehicle and we still insure you. You can't be insured by us anymore. Whereas the other guy only knew about his drug use because the employee told him, but it's not on paper for his company. So he's not, he can't be found to be negligent or grossly. Grossly negligent is the worst thing you ever want to hear in an insurance or lawsuit that you were grossly negligent. So it was the, it was the right move, but it was, it was a tough move.
What about you, Ed? Any real life experiences like that dealing with somebody with alcohol or any other yeah, drug? He was a good friend. We knew him. Joey knew him. And um, when he retired, he wanted a job. I wonder if I could help him out. That guy had a great personality. And I uh, was doing okay. We, we had him down in two of our hospitals. So he worked two days a week, basically. And he did these hospitals. And then we put a nursing home on the schedule. And um, after we got the nursing home straightened out, shortly after I got a call from the director, he goes, listen, this guy you're sending here is drunk. He smells the liquor every time he comes in here. I can't have that. I call the guy on the side. I go, look, you're my friend, but you're jeopardizing an account. Can you not drink when you go to my stops? I don't want you drinking on any of them. No, I don't drink on the stops. I don't want you smelling a booze. If you can't do it, I'm going to let you go. And if you tell me you can do it and you don't, and you do it, our friendship's over. And I never got another complaint on the guy again. Other guys that you suspect are drinking, like they come in and um, you go check the back of the car and you see six empty cans of beer. And they'll come in, in uh, another day. And um, you'll see like 18 cans of beer. So now you're fired. Because now I don't care if you're drinking on your own or you're drinking on my time. I'm going to assume it's my time. And um, Even at that point, you're just so friggin' lazy. Empty your fucking car. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is, is I can, can I tell you a little story? I was out in Jersey one time and um, I was on the beach. And uh, I was drinking a lot of beer. So I dumped the cans of beer in the back seat. <laughs> and um, I pulled into a gas station to get gas because it was cheaper in New Jersey at the time. And I see all these cans of beer. And I say, I ah, shouldn't leave them there. So I had, a, I had like a plastic bags in the car. I threw them all in the plastic bags and threw them in the trunk. Then I proceeded to uh, driving... I uh, went through a stop sign. No, I went to a red light, and I passed on the right, and the cops pulled me over. And when they checked my license, they said, you know, New York has your license as suspended. I said, that's not true. I said, I went down to pay a ticket. They told me they moved, that they would tell me when to come to pay the ticket because I'm fighting the ticket. And they never told me. He goes, well, you can't drive the car. I said, oh. So I'm with this woman that didn't drive. I'm like, how the hell are we going to get home? Because you can't, nope. And all of a sudden, he got an emergency call. Put the sirens on and left. So I took all the back roads to the <laughs> to get on the Verrazano Bridge. I felt like Bonnie and Clyde. I don't, why did I bring that up? I don't, so the guy, yeah, but this Drinking. guy that had all the beer cans in his car, you know, like, yeah, whatever. Um, most of it, listen, I encourage drinking too, in, in a way, if we got a big account, we had big parties with heroes and booze, and, and my Christmas parties were legendary. I had a friend that died when he was 31. At uh, Christmas party? No, he died. <laughs> he died. That'd be legendary. He died at 30. He showed up at every Christmas party, even though he was dead for several years. Bozo? Yeah. So um, at our Christmas parties, this guy used to like to drink Seagram 7. We would pour a shot of Seagram 7 at the Christmas party, and everybody, when, when nobody was looking, everybody snuck over and took a little sip. And then when it was empty, it was, oh, he came down. He's with us at the party. The only thing that I didn't notice was there was no urine on the floor because the guy had a bad problem when he was drunk, you know, couldn't control his kidneys. Anyway, he was a great guy. 
and a great worker when he was sober and a lot of fun. He just just had a problem. But um, but I'm sure you can understand that times change because even the things that you were doing when you were younger or when you were in business, young, I mean, definitely younger, but were completely different. Like if you had if you had conversations with grandpa about the stuff you were doing, he probably was like, oh, times are changing. He wouldn't be as aggressive as you, but mm. he, I could have seen him saying times are changing. Well, that's, he would say that nicely. Grandma would say the world is going to hell in a handbasket. But um, in, in my day, see, things were different. Cars, yeah, had, cars had radar. So if you, you, know, you were going home drunk, the radar was working, you got there good. If it wasn't working, you bounced off a few cars, but nothing serious. And the cops weren't looking to bust you for DWI. So the drugs... But you would agree that driving while drunk is a bad thing. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> condoning it. No, I'm, not con- I'm just telling you what could happen or what the difference is sure well that's that's why a lot of these laws i mean just try basically i'm telling you there's a lot of shit i got away with (laughs) i remember that some of the first cars being in didn't even have seat belts just to go on how things were i'm not even that old no seat belts i remember my daughter jamie yelling at me i told her i'd be a coward if i put it on then she started that's i put them on i still do but it takes shit like that to make you change your kids. Here, here's my basic thing is this. I find a lot of people want a job, but they don't want to work. I want a job, but I don't want to work. Here's the way the Amen system to that. He, here's the way the system goes, kiddies. I get a customer because of my reputation. I hire you to help me solve this problem. Keep it under control. Keep it under control is not just applying pesticides, insecticides, or denticides, whatever. Keep it under control is you got to have a winning personality. Smile. Listen to what the customer has to say. And help them solve a problem. Maybe they're going to give you new customers. They're going to give you new clients. You're going to make commissions. That could very well be. When they pay me, I pay people that I buy pesticide from. I pay the phone bill, I pay the uh, insurance, the exorbitant taxes, and then I pay you. And if there's anything left over, I pay myself. In the commercial area, you're paying guys before you're getting paid. You build your business to a point where you're happy with money, you spend money to build it some more, and the employee's job is to do their job so you can continue to do yours and everybody can grow. I remember back in mm, 75, that's 19, no, last century, 1975. We had, we had a busy week. I had two guys working with me uh, that just on termites. I had another guy doing the, the regular work. <clears throat> so at the end of the week, I pay all the guys, made a lot of money on paper, went home with $4. All my men were paid. But like 45 to 60 days later, I was, I was rolling in dough. But I only took a certain amount of it. I kept the rest in savings or just left it lay because I knew there'd be another day when I would be going home with $4, but I could now draw on these accounts, so I went home with some money. Maybe smoked some weed since there were no drug tests for it back then. I didn't smoke. <laughs> I, 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 the only time I smoked weed, oh. I was at a party oh, with Joe McKenna, the late, great Joe McKenna, and they had this mask that looked like some of the masks that um, we wear in pest control. So I said, this is bullshit. I don't... F- I don't feel nothing. I lived out in Long Island at the time, and we went home, 
and um, I kind of put the car into the garage door. <laughs> and uh, it was one of these tin garage doors, so I get Peggy and the kids in the house, and I get the garage door up, and I get inside them, banging out the dents with my fist. And um, my neighbor came over and said, hey, we're trying to sleep here. I'm like, oh, come on over. I'll put you to sleep. <laughs> anyway, he left. But I see Joe McKenna about a week later. I says, you know, I didn't, didn't think that shit it didn't affect me, but I don't know. You know, I must have been thinking. Then I put the car through the garage door. He goes, oh, yeah, sometimes it affects your depth perception. I go, bingo, that's it. I don't need that crap. At least when I was drunk, I was hurting. Now I'm, now I'm getting a headache and shit, and I'm not condoning it. It's just I was used to I was used to getting drunk. Not, not that I did it every day. I wasn't an alky. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was something I knew how to handle. I didn't know how to handle this smoke, you know. And by that time, I was onto cigars anyway. So, so if weed is ever legalized recreational in uh, the five boroughs of New York State, can we expect uh, a weed podcast for us to smoke in, you know, solidarity and and then do a podcast? Fuck no. <laughs> I'll make a deal with you. Yeah. Mm, maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think. All my legendary drinking friends are dead. <laughs> so, the, so are all the drug users too. Well, we lost some greats. From my time, too. Ten years ago, we lost the late, great Jimmy Maloney. Ten years. Jimmy, in... Jimmy Maloney was sober for how many years, though? Let's, uh, that's not. Jimmy Maloney was sober for a solid 20-something years. Easy, easy, yeah. And we lost uh, uh, ten months and uh, ten, no, ten years and six months ago, we lost the fabulous Mike DiCarlo. Uh, he was in charge. Also of known the, as the collector. He was in charge. He had his own the, the, the DiCarlo collection agency. Worked for me. Um. Uh, you know, the great Joe McKenna, who was a very intelligent man, um, he was, uh, you know, I, what's the word? He wasn't, he wasn't bisexual, he was bi-stoned. He would, he, would, he would go for drugs, pot, and booze. He was uh, multi-talented, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's a great guy. He hit the trifecta on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah. yeah, but a very kind and generous man, and, you know, it was uh, sad that he went and... Growing up when crack really hit... New York. We were young. I mean, I was under 10 years old. Um, but the strongest kids, the toughest kids in the neighborhood that were all between the age of like 15 and 18 all became like crack. They all became crackheads and went from these strong, tough. I think this is for me and for like for me and my close friends growing up from like Flatbush and Flatlands this is what stopped us from ever doing cocaine or crack or even trying it because these tough kids went from being kids we looked up to to asking us for a dollar in the park and going guys were like 220 solid muscle to skinny i mean it is terrible living that to a certain extent i think saved a few of our lives from ever trying it because these kids we looked up to them, and they, they just became completely uh, like what a crackhead is portrayed like on television. It's a shame. So my story, the shit hit the fan in, like in the mid-60s with all this. First of all, it was um, cough syrup. And um, then the, the LSD came around. And I remember there was this guy in the neighborhood. I'm not going to mention his name. He was probably the most intelligent book-wise guy in the neighborhood, not too much common sense, and he was an arrogant bastard, too. 
But he took a trip on LSD, and um, he wound up in the G building, which for you, that, that's the nut house in Kings County Hospital. And I was in a bar drinking one night with another friend of mine whose name I won't mention. And this guy walks in, and he says he's not quite the same as he was before. I don't feel the same. And my friend that's with me told me, you got to take another trip. You didn't get back to planet Earth, man. You need another <laughs> LSD trip. So I'm telling him, ah, you know, I don't think that's right. Maybe give it more time. Anyway, this beautiful young lady walked in that I knew, so I started talking to her. And um, about an hour later, I turn around, and the guy that hadn't got back to planet Earth was obviously back on the moon again because his hair was like Dr. Zorba. Blah. And he left, and I said to the other guy, you know, he's, you know what happened the last time? He went home, and he started busting up furniture and shit. Anyway, we tried to get him, tried to get him before he got home, but when we got there, the cops were taking him out in a straitjacket. Um, he had gotten up into the attic because little green men were coming, and uh, they were going to hurt him, and he busted up a lot of stuff in the attic. I don't know how much stuff was in it. But this guy has never been right again. Um, I haven't seen him in uh, 30 years. Last time I saw him, I was working in a... Oh, it must be more than 40 years. 40, yeah, 40 years ago. I was working on a, a bodega on Church Avenue in Brooklyn. He walked in to get a six-pack of beer. Still a snotty f***. Oh, saying you're still killing bugs. I wanted to get up and beat the shit out of him, but I probably would have lost the account, so I didn't. But aside from that, this thing has ruined people's lives. Um, and so has alcohol. You know, I remember when I was drinking for about a year, I was drinking almost every night. And I was solving the problems of the world with my friends and this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> and then one day I said to myself, I know I'm making money. I just never have money. And I got this little book that I could fold in my breast pocket. I wrote down everything I, I was making. It was 19, I'm going to say 72, maybe 73. I was spending $1,400 a month in a bar. And I stopped drinking that day. I said, I ain't drinking no more. This is bullshit. Uh, shortly after that, I got a call from my uh, bartender, the owner of the bar, <laughs> wondering about my health. And, I, you know, so he's losing like 15 grand a year. I'd be worried about that guy's health, too. So that, that money's probably worth right now probably close to 40000 45000 a year now. And, 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 and uh, four years later, I bought a house. Um, and, and my point here is one night I was working late. And I hadn't been in this bar in a year. I said, let me see how my former dear friends are. I went in there and they're talking to me. I don't understand half the shit they were talking about. So as I left, I said, what happened to those guys? What a bunch of jerks. And then a couple of blocks later, I was driving. I started laughing. I was one of those jerks. I understood everything they said when I was drinking. So, you know, I'm lucky that I got out of it. That's all I could tell you. I... I not, I still drink, not nowhere near what I used to, and I don't do it every night. But it was something I went through. So, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Drugs are bad. Weed will pro probably not be considered a drug in the next ten years. Well, in, in and everything in moderation that is legal. Yeah. Okay. But in my day, the word was, if you smoked a lot of weed, you had a low sperm count. Some of these kids I see today should smoke a lot of weed. And um, 
And, I agree. And uh, and also, um, what? they said that it would lead to harder drugs. Now I don't know if that's true or not. This but. is beyond my uh, beyond my I'm not capable beyond my understanding. Hey, thanks for listening to ColonyConfidential.com. Oh, that's not how it goes, you fucking schmuck. So, <laughs> talking about drugs, um, I had a I had a very dear friend uh, died young. He wasn't even 60 when he died. Um, back in the 60s, um, I see his head in the paper bag, and I'm like, what the hell? And he looked out with this blank stare, like, uh, like what are you doing? Oh, the shiz is on, man. The shiz is on. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The shiz is on. He goes, if you snort this shit, this airplane glue, model glue, it's like your brain's all scrambled. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, and I remember another incident. Um, I think it was, um, this was with uh, uh, alcohol. I'm picking this guy out of the gutter. And I go, what the hell are you doing? And his response was, it's stupid time. Like, oh, okay. Meanwhile, he's in the middle of Church Avenue at 11 o'clock at night. There's buses going by. He's lucky he didn't get killed. Anyway, my fr- myself and another dear friend, Nick, Dragged him over to the sidewalk and got him back to one of our. We didn't take him home. We got him back to one of our shops and dumped him there for the night. So, um, it's fun to get a little screwy once in a while, and I'm familiar with alcohol. But you go too far, that's no good. And if you do it too often, trust me, that's no good either. Enjoy it. It's a. Um, I would say it's a tool that can um, bolster a good time. But if you use the tool too much, it's trouble. Either one, whatever you, you're a pothead, I'm not. You like pot, fine. Use too much of it, probably gonna get you in trouble. You like to drink whiskey, I'm your guy. You do too much of it, it's gonna get you in trouble. So take your choice, everything in moderation. That's all I gotta say. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe and review. Send us anything you want us to know about at colonyconfidential at gmail.com.